0: Today, I'm joined by Toby Martin, who is a very well-known letting agent from the city of Bath. He is an Arla representative for the West Country. <laughs> Brother job. Proper Wurzels. Yeah. Uh, lovely city, by the way. Uh, thanks for joining me today. And we're here to talk about Toby's story about becoming a letting agent, because not many people know he wasn't actually trained to be a letting agent he was actually trained well let's find out toby thanks for joining me today it's a delight to be here chris thank you bless you bless you, bless you. right okay so when you were growing up what did you want to be
1: okay uh, you can choose from cricketer yeah um musician okay journalist okay not letting agent never came into the conversation okay, no one
0: ever wants to be oh i know one person perry power always wanted to be an estate agent for everyone else no
1: no we all fall into it don't we we all fall into
0: it <laughs> it's always a fall the problem is it's like the hotel california you can <laughs> check out but you can never leave um so as you've got so you were your only child or no i've
1: got an older brother four years older than me uh, extremely academic i never was so, I was always. So, do you come from Bath and around there then? No, we grew up in the Hampshire, Sussex area. Uh, I went to school around there. Um, my whole family decamped to the West Country when my parents retired. They worked in schools. Uh, a lot of my family either taught or worked in
0: schools. So, they must have had you quite late if they retired if you moved to, to Bath, yeah?
1: Uh, so, I was about uh, 18. It was university age when they retired, uh, so relatively late. Okay. Um, and you know, I finished school, and uh, my parents decided to move to the coast down in Devon. Lovely. Yeah. That's uh, wild. Um, And I, uh, at the same time, went off to university. I didn't initially go to university in Bath. I first of all went off to Cardiff. Um, stupid decision made it at 17 years of age to go and study French and philosophy. Um, no idea why, because I didn't talk French very well, and I knew nothing about philosophy, but I think I had some whimsical teenage dream of smoking cigarillos and discussing uh, heady debates uh, late into the night. Isn't there a French philosopher that says the more things change, the more they stay the same? Might have been Descartes, because it's the only one that I know, but um, yeah, it wasn't like that at all. Um, so... The first time that I fell out of something uh, was, was at Cardiff University um, Went and worked for a little while at my parents' school uh, which gave me a flavour of that before this time going to Bath to do teacher training because of my experiences I had in a school where I went, hey, I could do this.
0: Uh, what did your mother and separately your father teach you as you were growing up?
1: Well what did they teach me as a as person a son. Um, they were quite uh, traditional parents still are um and so they taught me those uh, christian values really you know i grew up going to sunday school um and the school i went to I had church every weekend um, so yeah you know to be in, in integrity honesty um loyalty um those were all big factors great what's up. the biggest thing your mother taught you to be honest and uh, an upright, reliable person. Okay, Um, and your dad? Politeness. I have a a memory um, when I was at the kitchen table at a young age, bringing home um, some words that I should never have said in a family setting. It wasn't that offensive. I think I said, oh my God, I got sent to my bedroom. Um, So politeness, being civil, uh, treating other people with respect was a major part of family life. How did your parents feel that you dropped out of Cardiff University? They were slightly shocked because not a lot of that had happened in my family and also because I hadn't shared any of my struggles with them. So it was literally me knocking on their door one day with my bags saying, I'm home and it's not even Christmas yet. Um, so they were shocked. So you I'm dropped shocked. in the first year, did you? I dropped in the first year. Essentially what it was was um, I got sent to a couple of very decent boarding schools. I had a privileged upbringing. That was my parents' upbringing. It's what they knew. They worked within schools. They got bursaries for working in schools so they could afford to do it. Um, So I always lived within a very controlled community on a campus. I then went off to university in Cardiff and was essentially going, wahey, what an amazing city. Look at all these bars. Look at all this nightlife. So I didn't do a lot of studying. but. I don't regret it at all i learned a lot about myself had some great experiences but none of them were educational so yeah they were definitely disappointed that first time that i uh, that i fell out of uh, of education
0: so you went to teach yourself how to be a teacher how long did
1: that take you a lot longer than it should have done okay uh, so i went off to bath bath spa university it's got a really great reputation as an educational training establishment uh i did a three-year Uh, Degree with a view to teaching primary kids. Um, But halfway through that, I went, "Oh, actually no. What I want to do is I want to teach English at secondary because I've developed a really a real passion for that." Um, But what that meant was I had to do an extra year studying to top up my English knowledge. Only then did I get to do my PGCE. So all in all, it was a five-year course. So I. I could have qualified probably just about to be a doctor, I think, but instead I came out with a degree in education and English.
0: So he went into, so, so this is around 09, somewhere around there? Yeah, that sounds somewhere around um,
1: You went to be a teacher? I went off to be a teacher and- Secondary school, English? Secondary school, English, uh, first interview, got offered of my first job, of course I took it, didn't even think twice about it. Uh, I was grateful for the opportunity and um never really occurred to me that it, i long before then it had been ingrained into me that this was the career path for me it was what i was going to do for the rest of my life because you know my parents worked at a school my uncle and aunt my head teachers at a school we were a teaching family and teaching is something that actually does get passed down in families so um it was just something that I assumed was going to be for me. And I, I'd done great at the training. I'd flew through my first interview and got offered my first job. So it was a shock to me when it wasn't what I thought it might be. What was the biggest letdown the biggest letdown was the support that I was offered within the school. Um, it was a really turbulent time, not just for me, but for the school and the English department. You had Teachers off on stress leave. You had um, someone off on uh, the head of department off on maternity leave, which meant that there was an acting head of department. Everybody was just trying to do their own job, not worrying about supporting other people, supporting a brand new teacher who, to be honest, really didn't know. Um, the so day you were day. kind of
0: thrown in at the deep
1: end. Was thrown in at the deep end. It was in that job that I learned the phrase door handle planning. Door handle planning was when you plan the whole lesson as you're turning the handle to go into the classroom at the start of the lesson, which is no way to do any kind of job. But that was the culture that was within that school. You just survived lesson to lesson. And it was terrifying existence going into a lesson, not knowing what you were going to do until you set foot in the classroom. Um, So it was a, a really low time for me. Um, you've got well-known tropes of teachers uh, crying in the book cupboard, and that was me. Uh, It was a struggle to get through that year, and and I had a really dark time around then for me. Uh, So, yeah, it it was um, a really stark realisation when I suddenly realised, actually, I had to find something else to do. This wasn't for me.
0: What did your parents say when you bailed out the second time?
1: Well, do you know what? I didn't tell them. <laughs> I bottled it all up. And they were on holiday in Ireland when they got a phone call from me saying, I'll quit my job. And shock. I, I felt so sorry for them. I dealt with it so poorly uh, by keeping it all to myself, by not discussing my troubles with anyone other than my uh, my partner. Um, and it, it was it was a terrible way to deal with a terrible situation. I know that now. But it's very easy to do that when you're in the eye of the storm. And all you can do is either deal with it or stick your head in the sand. Do you wish you'd have done it differently with hindsight? I wish I hadn't stuck my head in the sand, absolutely. Um, I I did not ask for help.
0: Um, Has it made you a better person?
1: Yes, Uh, categorically. And with the benefit of hindsight, I have no regrets about it. And I think that there is something about that experience of absolutely failing a job that sets you up for success in the future. As long as you learn from it and you front up to your shortcomings and your failures, then it was a really informative uh, experience. Uh, and also just the experience of working in a school setting, dealing with rowdy kids as well. What support did you get from your partner? It was just your partner this time. It was, uh, was it Chris? uh Stina. Stina. yeah. yeah. So then partner, now wife, uh, yeah, Stina, who is... I mean, I, I couldn't ask for more. She, she's um, loyal to the point of blindness. Uh, you know, she just wanted me to do whatever I thought was best. How did you guys meet? How did you meet Stina? OK, so I met Steena um, when I was doing my teacher training. And we had uh, an assignment to um, go out and record a video, which was <laughs> very relevant later on in the story, um, about the importance of learning English um it was first day of term and, and you know get to know each other go out and record this video so we decided to do vox pops around the streets of bath walking up to people saying you know what's important about english to you um and she was working on a flower store she's a florist uh, outside her shop And um, I spotted her across the street, and I thought, I want to talk to her. Um, And so I went and asked her what the importance was of English, and that somehow wound up for us going for a drink the next evening. And uh, (laughs) it went on from there.
0: (laughs) You smooth.
1: (laughs) First and last time, likely to be the last time uh, I'll ever do anything like that, but somehow it panned out. That that paints me uh, far smoother than I, I am, I can assure you.
0: So... You're going out with a florist. So you can hardly buy
1: flowers, can you? Really? <laughs> yeah. And and to this day, she complains that I don't, and to this day, I still don't because it's cold to Newcastle. Yeah, but It's the thought that counts. She tells me that she would like flowers more, but but
0: then then get off your backside and sort it out. it <laughs> will do. I, I feel very sorry for you, still. <laughs> and maybe there was a, there was an advert in the in the 80s where where where. Uh, it was a perfume, and he bought her a, like a little uh, brooch of flowers. So that's a little tip for you there. You hear it clear from me. Uh, <laughs> but if she watches this, I'm not going to get any of the credit, but I'll still try. Uh, just well, get off your backside. You've got, you've got about six weeks, all <laughs> this comes out. Can you, can I get your finger out. Right, okay. So Stina was was uh, was guiding and supporting you, and happy to, you know, obviously your your charm. Um, well, you know, walking up to a flower. What it so, is. yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, laughing. I'm um. So you went to work for an administrator at a, an education firm. Is that right?
1: Yes. My my first job after teaching was I, I was temping. So I was really looking for anything. But it so happened that Were you
0: renting a house
1: at this point. Or did we you... were renting. Yes, we were. You moved in. You don't do Oh, know. yeah. Oh, it was not my initiative, <laughs> but, <laughs> but we moved in very quickly. Yes. Wow. Oh, Steen was a lady in a hurry. Um, yes, I, I've been told that I've taken far too long over everything, and we haven't even got to you know marriages and births yet. But um, we moved in very quickly, um, and that was actually when I started my first teaching job. It took you um, six or seven years to get your first child. What are you doing? Hanging <laughs> around. You sound like my wife. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, we were living together, we were renting, and um, I had to temp, I had to take whatever was available yeah, you've got to, to me. pay your way, haven't you? you got to pay your way, so I couldn't be fussy. I had no idea what I wanted to do as a career, okay. um, just that I had been working and teaching, so this whole admin role in, in an educational uh, training provider is what they were, uh, seemed apt. Uh, but really, I wasn't doing anything educational. I was doing computer work and admin. Okay.
0: And then the bright lights of letting agency <laughs> So go on then, how did you fall
1: into it like the rest of us? Well, it was very much a tumble uh, by accident. It it was, again, uh, temping, you look for whatever's available on a permanent basis, and you're not fussy when something comes your way. And it happened to be an admin role in a, a local, independent, single office, Lettings agency who had, I think at that time, about four staff, um, and they needed, they, they were growing, so they needed an extra person really to do the admin roles around the office. Okay. Uh, so it's very much the bottom rung of the ladder, okay. but it was a permanent job, and I wasn't going to turn it down.
0: Can you remember your first day?
1: I remember uh, some of my early days. Um, I don't specifically remember my first day. But I do remember that uh, we were structured across two offices and I was in the the upstairs office, which we call the back office, uh, very rarely seen by the general public. It was just me and one other person. uh, And then there were three downstairs. And I was I do remember feeling nervous because I knew nothing about this industry, this line of work, really what I was going to be doing. Um, I just remember that I had to put on a suit and tie, even though I wasn't seeing the general public and uh, go in and and learn from scratch on day one.
0: Did you enjoy it in the early days?
1: I did enjoy it, yes. Um, Less to do with the the work itself, which was uh, fairly uh, banal, Um, but it was a really good office environment. Um, The team got well together. Um, and it was a case of working with people who I liked as opposed to necessarily the work that I liked. So you've been there
0: since 2011 and so you've moved up through the ranks of assistant manager, property, you know, property administrator and assistant manager and then director and general manager.
1: What have you learned going through that progression? So the main thing that I've learned in order to progress, I had to, especially within a small company, it was difficult to progress. There weren't always opportunities uh, to to progress. But I I worked bloody hard. Um, I treated the company as though it were my own. I was frequently first in, last out, uh, and I made sure that other people knew that I was doing that. Um, So the main thing that I learned, especially in those early years, was the value of hard work, not necessarily being a clock watcher, um, really committing yourself to a role. Uh, and fully embracing it, and, and yeah, adopting a really hard work ethic.
0: What mistakes did you make that, in hindsight, you thought I could have done that differently?
1: I wish that I had, um, at a, an earlier date, um, learnt more about the industry, learnt more about in terms of training qualifications. It took me really until I started to move into a position of management. It was only which was several, several years down the line. It was only at that point where I started going, do you know what, I actually really need to know what I'm talking about now. That's the technical side. Management can be taught, but leadership can't.
0: Um, What, um, did you make any mistakes in the early days with your team?
1: Well, I made mistakes um, in terms of my my work. Uh, I certainly remember some quite significant errors I made as an administrator in terms of Uh, doing the wrong thing, uh, calling the wrong person, uh, saying the wrong thing.
0: Um, We're all guilty of that. (laughs) I'm more interested in your leadership of your team.
1: Okay, Uh, Yeah, I I certainly have made mistakes, still do. Um, My main one, I think I'm guilty of still, is getting lost in my own work, uh, not necessarily being as available to my team as I should do. Um, It's a real danger when you work in a small team, a small company, because you're all so busy that sometimes I'm guilty of slipping back into my almost administrative role uh, and forgetting that I'm also meant to be leading the team. Uh, So that can make you slightly unaccessible, unapproachable to your team if you're giving off this uh, image of too busy to disturb. Um, What self-awareness
0: do you have when you think you're falling into that? I mean, if I had a couple of members of your colleagues on the sofa here, What would they say? How how would I see that? And what do you do to change it?
1: Well, they would say that sometimes I will look slightly unapproachable because I'll have my head down behind my monitor. So I'm barely visible to the rest of the office. Uh, And if anyone uh, comes to ask me something, I will probably look as though I had rather they didn't. Um, So I'm conscious of that and it still happens. Um, Are you getting better at it? I'm getting better at it, I think. I'm more conscious of it. And ultimately, all we can do is be more aware of our shortcomings. Uh, so I have to make an effort to step away from my desk throughout the day, uh, to go around the office, chat to people, make sure they know that they can talk to me uh, and that I'm not too busy uh, for them. You know, I, I have time for them. Good stuff, good stuff. Um, finally, you joined Arla
0: as a regional executive last year for the West Country. Um, why did you do
1: that i did that because i'd already started to see the benefits in the year or two preceding that from my Isle of property Market membership and also from extending my network my professional network I was very guilty in the first five, six years of my career of being very insular in my approach to work. To work. Um, I think we had a real philosophy within our business that actually we were the best and we know what we're doing. So we don't need to have a network. We don't need to deal with other people from outside our company. Um, but since joining Property Mark and expanding my network, I've really experienced benefits from that. It's, um, it's, it's changed my working life. So the opportunity to uh, become further involved with Property Mark and continue extending that network and those experiences was one that I was really grateful for, certainly wasn't going to pass up on.
0: So how old are you now? I'm
1: 39. A mere baby. On the doorstep of
0: middle age. <laughs> no, Wednesday 40th? May the 5th, 2024. Well, I wish you well on that one. I hope, I hope uh, Steen is going to do something nice because he's going to get you that little flowers. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, if I got you back on in 10 years time,
1: what would I be seeing? More of the same? I think so. But obviously we're all trying to uh, become bigger and better. So I hope that you'll uh, see someone who's grown professionally. Obviously I hope that my agency would have grown as well, uh, but I'm definitely still on a learning curve uh, in terms of leadership management and, and day-to-day work in agency.
0: I'm sure you've gone through the chair of Property Mark by then as well.
1: <laughs> 10 years you say? I think so. Um, I think a lot
0: of people uh, go for it a bit too soon, but I think I think if you probably give it another five or six years, I think you'll um, be fine. Let's say let's say ten, ten to fifteen. Okay, no <laughs> worries. There's no rush. Everyone says that when they go through the chair, they almost become no one. So move up to it, you yeah. Know. What do you do afterwards? I know. You'll have know. something left? I know. Too <laughs> right. Well, on that note, Toby, thank you for your time today. Thank uh, you. You've been exceptional, and more importantly, I hope you, the viewer, have learned something from that. Thank you for your time today. Thanks for us.